0: Relief for what ails you, the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast is on the air. The podcast that delivers food to your brain. He won't go to work until after The View, Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, ready for another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert, and I'm ready to share my expertise with you for as long as you're willing to sit there and listen to it. I always enjoy our gatherings, and um, one of the reasons is I get to talk about my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 this is a tool this is a an economic tool that will help you in your encounter with medicare when it's time for you to enroll in medicare snatch a copy of my book from the shelves at amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com and you will have a valuable roadmap to the to and through your uh, encounter with medicare Basically what I do is I tell you what Medicare is in a very short uh, part of the book. I tell you how to uh, purchase the Medicare coverages that you need to make sure that your protection is ironclad and 100% solid as a rock. And I tell you what to stay away from and why I list all the reasons why you should avoid certain types of products that other more greedy insurance agents try to sell you. So, uh, for these reasons and many others, I think you'll find this book to be a valuable tool. It's available, again, at barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Amazon has four different editions. In addition to the paperback, it's got the uh, Audible book that you can listen to. It's got the Kindle version that you can acquire instantly for $3.80, and it has the, uh, the impeccable 22 dollar version hardcover it's a magnificent creation that uh, will stand you your family your progeny in good stead for many generations now speaking of standing in good stead uh, i'd like to introduce my friend randy carson who is the uh, the major domo behind this uh, august production and uh, it's always a pleasure to see you randy it looks like you're out in your warm backyard in sunny arizona yeah, uh, making some vitamin D. How's that I process am. going?
1: I am, uh, as you can see, based on I'm on the other end of the yard. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not usually on this end of the yard, but as you can see, I have a chiminea.
0: Yes, you do. And
1: and, and I, it's not quite <clears throat> cool enough to use that yet. But bottom line is, I don't care if I'm sweating. I love watching a fireplace. So you know, yeah. any day I'm going to sprout out with that chiminea going, and you're going to have to see it.
0: Well, I I hope it's uh, visible in the daylight right now. It's very bright there, and a a fire would not be so impressive as it would be at night. Uh, In this new house in Illinois, we have um, provision for three fireplaces, none of which actually burn wood. I mean, back when (laughs) they were converted, they were converted. (laughs) And so I'm going to need a thing like your chiminea, uh, some sort of a fire pit or something like that to uh, enjoy outside activities when i'm back here in the summer in the future
1: you know i love i don't know why but i am absolutely a fireplace person i love i love watching them I love smelling the wood burning. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love I love the whole thing about it. And if I'm in a forest with evergreen smells, I'm uh-huh. even happier.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that, too. The only thing is back when I used to smoke, I found out the hard way that if you put your cigarette out in the, the um, uh, evergreen forest floor, which is made up of generations yeah. of pine needles, that sun bitch is going to burn on you.
1: Yeah, those pine needles take off like a gasoline fire.
0: They really do. They really do. But what I'm surrounded by here in Wayne, Illinois, is not only mature oak trees, 100 feet tall, 150 feet tall, maybe, uh, but all have two black walnut trees. And uh, those dudes are just ripe for the plucking, because I'm tired of hearing giant walnuts the size of softballs hitting the roof.
1: (laughs) <clears throat> Did I ever so, tell you my my little you know I've got all kinds of bizarre information. Did I ever tell you the reason that they don't use ground walnut shells as mulch?
0: No tell me that
1: They're poisonous especially really? black especially black walnuts.
0: No kidding. Well then somebody's gonna have to put me out of my misery because I'm telling the ground is littered with these things and you ha- they're like tennis balls. If you yeah. walk around you could sprain your ankle. You can hurt yourself. There was a, a one of the workmen here had his uh, windshield broken.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, bottom line is the the wall, black walnuts are so freaking hard. You know, I heard back in the Civil War, they used to use them for musket shells and no, I'm teasing, but, yeah. but
0: <laughs> they are freaking hard. Oh, they are. They, like I say, windshield broken. Uh, they drop on the roof and then scare the crap out of me in the middle of the night. Uh, frankly, what I'm doing is looking for somebody who's going to pay me for them because I've had woodworking aficionados tell me that the wood is highly desirable. Oh, yeah. And, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. So yeah. My I'm grandpa. Not gonna,
0: oh, oh, go ahead. No, so I'm not going to pay somebody to cut them down. I'm going to get them to pay me.
1: Yes, and my grandpa's job. I mean, we had black walnut trees back uh-huh. home, and my grandpa's job. I don't know whether he just got this job or whether he wanted this job, but I'm thinking maybe he just got the job uh-huh. was to to was to harvest the black walnuts from all of our various locations and uh, and then pick the pick the walnut meat out of the shells. And here's how he used to do it. So anybody out there in the uh, world that needs to, you know, shell some black walnuts, here's the way to do it. You put them in a burlap bag, and you get your car, and you run over that that burlap bag three, four, five times with your car before you even start thinking about getting anything out of the shell.
0: Oh boy! Well, I probably wouldn't want to do that to the suspension on my car. I might use something uh, that I didn't care about so much, probably a tractor. There you go. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I was yeah. all of a sudden. I was sorry that I sold my farm tractor to uh, some guy, an insurance broker from Wisconsin. Otherwise,
1: sorry. you could you could have a black walnut cracking business.
0: I could, but right now those black walnuts are cracking me on the head when I go outside without being <laughs> careful. So, yeah, we, I've got I've got several other black walnut trees around, but these two are just in the wrong place, and now is the right time to get rid of them.
1: Now, of course, a kid from the kid from the uh, agricultural areas has has a black walnut tree around. You know that they the the husk,
0: uh huh,
1: the green husk part yep, yep, when it's yep. not quite done yet stains your hands brown, and they'll stay that way until you die.
0: Well, our hardwood floor, I've been told, be very careful of if you walk out in the black walnut husks and walk in the house. It's likely that you're going to stain your floor and this being a yeah. brand new hardwood floor. I don't think I want to do that. So I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. And once again, the best way for me to do that is to cut down the two closest to the house. I'll let the other ones live out in the woods, but uh, not the ones close to the house.
1: You you could theoretically find somebody that really is into exotic lumber.
0: Yeah. Well, that's my fi- plan
1: and find uh, someone that's in that position that will pay you mega mega bucks to yep, have I've heard.
0: i've heard i can make some uh, some serious dough from these two trees they're huge they're they're at least 75 if not 100 feet tall
1: oh my god you, you've got enough walnut scratch coming your way to you know pay for the house
0: yeah. Now, it really, when you talk about harvesting the meat from the nuts, uh, I have to tell you, it takes me back to my days with my friend Clarence, my one friend from college, who had an acre and a half or two acres in a little town in Arizona, and he had a grove of, wa- of uh, not walnut, of uh, uh, pecan trees. Oh, pecan.
1: Pecan. Well, if you're from the South, it's pecans.
0: Well, I am from the South, but I try to, you know, the Northerners beat the (laughs) accent out of me. But he used to make, you know, his wife... Him and whoever was visiting go out with a bag and pick up pecans. I later found out there was a tool some guy invented. I think the guy was a dentist. And he invented a thing that you can just, you know, push on the ground and it'll pick up the pecans for you. But this um, this um duty was tough, but the payoff was pretty nice when you got a box full of pecans in uh, oh, at Christmas yeah. time. Pecan
1: no. pie. There you go.
0: Yeah. Well, I just I couldn't wait that long. I had to eat them right out of the shells. <laughs> anyway well, we should know, get to work here don't you we, think we,
1: we got to get to work here doug i'm gonna Ooh. i'm gonna go ahead mute myself out and you can move on to the important stuff
0: yeah the medicare stuff that's the reason we're all here otherwise our audience would be getting up and walking away so let's talk medicare shall we and one of the ways that we can talk Medicare in a serious vein is to communicate with me. Most people either send me an email or they go to Medicare for the lazy dot com and they'll find a questionnaire on the site. When they fill out the questionnaire, they can explain to me what their personal situation is and give me any detail they want to share with me. And then what happens is I get information. I send them quotes. Uh, this uh, example here is from a guy named Michael. And he said, We both plan on retiring after working at the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle. And we're going to retire. And he tells me about when they're going to retire. And um, they're applying for Medicare and Social Security. And it appears to be a daunting task. And he's concerned about um, uh, being able to do it well. On the other hand, he says his wife is probably not uh, scared off by that task. And she's willing to tackle it. But he says, can you provide any assistance with the application process? And then he says, what is your fee? And so I wanted to tell him, A, yes, I can provide some assistance. And B, I don't charge a fee to any of my clients. It's every service I provide is free of charge. But if you buy a product that I recommend that I represent, then uh, that insurance company is going to pay me a fee. Otherwise, I'm not going to charge any person that I deal with any fees. So I wanted him to tell all this. I was uh, or I wanted to tell him all this. I was very excited and thinking maybe here's a new client and his wife. And uh, so what did I do? I answered his questions in an email and that email came back. He gave me an address and I sent another email and that email bounced right back. And then I looked all over this questionnaire for the telephone number that we request. And I always say, may I text to this number? Because if they say yes, and I have sent them important Medicare information, I send a text telling them that they have an email headed their way with the information that they requested. I don't text them any other time except to tell them that I have sent something in an email. Uh, and if they want to text me, that's fine. Then we can chit chat or whatever they want to do. But I only text to let them know that a message is on the way with the information they requested. Some people are a little paranoid about being contacted, unsolicited uh, uh, contacts from people. And so they leave off the answer to, may I text to this number? This gentleman left off also the number. (laughs) He didn't tell me whether I could text to it or not because he didn't even put the number in. And so what have I got? An incorrect email address. I've got zero telephone number and zero ability to contact him. So this disturbed me. And I thought, I don't know how to fix this problem uh, with the lack of information. So I actually addressed an envelope to his home address, which he did answer that question. It was residence address. And I was going to put a 56 cent stamp on it and send it off to him saying, hey, I can't help you if you don't give me a telephone number or an email address that works. And fortunately, before I ever mailed it, he contacted me and said, "Um, I filled out a thing on your website, but I want to make sure that I can contact you for help. Will you help us? And I said, yes, I will. And also next time, don't forget to give me the correct email address and or your telephone number. And it turns out the wrong part of the email address was there was a one in his, you know, it was like da 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 one and he forgot the one. I should have tried to do that myself. A lot of people use that that trick. So anyway, we are now up to the point where I have few complaints, but the one I really hate is the people selling Medicare Advantage plans are uh, showing their trickery. They plot and plan all year and scheme, and and they um, they're doing their best to trick people into believing. Their Medicare Advantage promises, most of which are overblown. And I hear this over and over and over again. I was told by another client, um, uh, the uh, woman's um, 94-year-old father-in-law, went through some bad times, and she said, I'm going to spare you the description of all the problems, but I, it convinced my husband and I that we do not want to have anything to do with Medicare Advantage plans. So I got a magnificent piece from a company that I'm contracted with, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, and it said, for our members who want Medicare coverage with a $0 monthly premium. And it's addressed to Mrs. Mary Jones at P.O. Box Such and such, Wayne, Illinois. She says, did you, or it says on this piece, did you know you can have a Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois Medicare coverage and pay $0 per month? And then you open it up and it's just all these promises, $5,000 a year in dental insurance, 1000 flexible spending card to cover out of pocket dental, vision, and hearing costs, prescription drug. God, this thing's out. They call it an open access PPO plan. That's because one of the big complaints about Medicare Advantage plans is they all have a network of doctors and hospitals that you have to use if you want to be reimbursed, if you want to have your medical bills paid. Um, you have to use their network of doctors and hospitals. But in a PPO plan, you are free to go out and seek treatment from other doctors and hospitals that are not in that particular network. The problem is you're going to have to pay a lot more out of your pocket. So it's usually uh, painful from a fiscal point of view to seek treatment from other out-of-network providers And so they can call it a PPO, open access plan, all day long. They're going to pay a smaller amount, reimburse a smaller amount to the PPO doctors or to the non-PPO doctors and hospitals. But what the other thing they don't tell you is that one of the big problems with all Medicare Advantage plans is reimbursement for uh, nursing homes, for rehab facilities. Very, very difficult to get rehab uh reimbursement and also the pre-authorization if you've got to have a medical procedure uh, you have to ask your plans permission before they will authorize you to have that medical procedure that's going to fix your problem in regular medicare not medicare advantage plans then uh, if it's medically necessary and your doctor has uh, done this procedure before with other people, he's going to know whether Medicare is likely to give him any trouble about it. That's not true with Medicare Advantage plans. You have to pre-authorize your other, your mostly pre-authorized going to a, uh, uh, a uh, specialist. But if you have to have surgery and if you have to pre-authorize, then you're going to likely have arguments because you're, asking permission of a bunch of bean counters, a bunch of accountants that work for that plan to allow you to have a surgical procedure that's going to spend their money. So these are some of the things to be aware of with Medicare Advantage plans. Here's a little article I ran into from AMAC, the Association of uh, Mature American Citizens. And it says, does your provider accept Medicare as full payment? Actually, they quoted Medicare.gov. So if your provider accepts Medicare as full payment, you can get the lowest cost under Medicare. Uh, That is, uh, they accept the Medicare-approved amount for whatever treatment office visit or whatever they're going to do for you. And uh, they don't expect to get any other money besides that. They expect or they accept medicare Uh, authorized Medicare approved uh, amounts as full payment for a covered service. This is called accepting assignment. If a provider accepts assignment, it's for all Medicare covered part A and part B services. When you use a provider that accepts assignment, most doctors and providers and suppliers uh, do accept assignment, but always check to make sure that yours does. If you're uh, going to a new doctor that you're not aware of, Um, if your doctor does accept assignment, your out-of-pocket costs will be less, they agree to charge you only the Medicare deductible and coinsurance amount, and they usually wait for Medicare to pay its share before asking you to pay your share. And they have to submit your claim directly to Medicare, and they cannot charge you for submitting the claim. Um, using a provider that does not accept Medicare as full payment—that's a little different relationship. A doctor that does not accept Medicare as full payment—you um, you can still uh, use that doctor. From uh, they—they can still accept the Medicare approved amount for services on a case by case basis. These providers are called non-participating. If your doctor is a non-participating doctor that doesn't accept assignment. You might have to pay the full amount at the time of service. They should submit a claim to Medicare for any Medicare-covered services they give you, and they cannot charge you for submitting that claim. If they refuse to submit a Medicare claim, you can submit your own claim to Medicare, and going to medicare.gov will show you the way to do that. These doctors that are non-participating can also charge up to 15% over the Medicare-approved amount for services but no more than 15%. This is called the limiting charge. And uh, your Medicare supplement, if you've purchased one, uh, the Medicare supplements I sell cover that limiting charge. That's plan G and high deductible plan G. Uh, They both cover the limiting charge. Um, Does the limiting charge apply to all Medicare covered services? Mm. Using a provider that opts out of Medicare... Doctors and other providers who don't want to work with the Medicare program may opt out of Medicare. Medicare won't pay for items or services you get from a provider that opts out unless it's an emergency. Providers opt out for a minimum of two years. Every two years, the provider can choose to keep their opt-out status, accept Medicare-approved amounts on a case-by-case basis, non-participating, or accept assignment. So of those three types of relationships, every two years, they can change the nature of their relationship with Medicare. Private contracts with doctors or providers who opt out. If you choose to get services from an opt-out doctor or provider, you may need to pay up front or set a payment plan with the provider through a private contract. Medicare won't pay for any service you get from this doctor, even if it's a Medicare-covered service. So that's something to keep in mind. If you've got medical treatment coming up and you're looking for a doctor, you might want to check whatever doctors you're thinking about using to ask what their relationship with Medicare is. October 2023 announcement, the deductible amounts for Medigap or Medicare supplement, that's the same thing. High deductible for calendar year 2024. Every year with the CPI, we get new data from Medicare. And it has just been released. And this is the signal I need more free time to write the 2024 version of Medicare for the lazy man. But here is the announcement care supplement, Medigap, Medigap plans can be sold with a high deductible option, plans F and G. Before June 1st, 2010, there was another plan, J, but that's not around anymore. So I don't even know why they put it in this article. <clears throat> People new to Medicare. Or those who turn 65 on or after January 1st of 2020, and those who first became eligible for Medicare benefits due to age, disability, or uh, their uh, disability status uh, on or after January 1st, 2020, can still get Plan F. Effective January 1st, 2024, the annual deductible amount for these three plans is $2,800. I said three, but in reality, we're talking about Plan g high deductible and plan f high deductible it was twenty seven hundred dollars it's now twenty eight hundred dollars that's not much of an uh of a uh, an increase uh three point seven percent is the increase amount and i consider that to be pretty darn reasonable in these inflationary times that we're in um let's see that calculation of deductible determined in accordance with section... (laughs) I don't think you want to know how it's determined. Section 1882, parentheses P, parentheses 11, parentheses C, parentheses I of the Social Security Act. Wow. That is four parenthetical (laughs) subsections after the section 1882. This provision described or prescribed a deductible of $1,500 for 1998, and 1999 and directed that the amount increase each subsequent year by the percent increase in the cpi all items u.s city average this increase in the applicable cpi from 22 to 23 is 3.67 percent which results in a deductible of twenty eight hundred dollars as opposed to last year's $2,700 after rounding to the nearest $10 in accordance with section. (laughs) And I'm not going to read the whole section citation. So um, if you have uh, questions, there's somebody here you can contact, but I'm pretty sure that nobody has questions about what I just read. And finally, here's new, all you dudes out there, listen up because I know a few guys that would have found this news really magnificent had they gotten it sooner, but it's a recent release and it's um, new prostate cancer treatment could be on the horizon. Say UK researchers, UK would be England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Uh, And it used to include uh, Normandy, France, but of course they took Normandy away from us, those Frenchies. Anyway, new prostate cancer treatment could be on the horizon and they, Research has described this as tremendously exciting. This therapy works by blocking cancer cells from hijacking white blood cells. I'm not sure that I need to read this whole thing. I think it's important that we know that research is ongoing. This is the most widely suffered male cancer. And uh, if they can make some progress in identifying it early and uh, curing it without hugely invasive uh, procedures and i am all for that so i'll let you know if i hear more how many of us have wanted a reliable evidence-based guide to aging that explains how our bodies and how our minds change as we grow older and how to adapt to those differences boy that's a mouthful for a question well here are a bunch of the aging that we might want to be aware of uh can the stages of aging be broken down roughly by decade no no says this doctor, noting that people in their 60s and 70s vary significantly in health and functioning. Typically predictable changes associated with aging start to happen much more between the ages of 75 and 85. Uh Uh-oh. Here are a few of the age-related issues that she highlights in her book. I hope she doesn't use the word issues because it's such a silly word. Here's one of them. Older adults often present with different symptoms when they become ill. For instance, a senior senior, having a heart attack may be short of breath or confused rather than report chest pain. Similarly, an older person with pneumonia may fall or have little appetite instead of having fever and a cough. Older adults react differently to medications because of changes in body composition, liver, kidney and gut function. Older adults are more sensitive to medications than younger people and often need lower doses. This includes medications that some may have taken for years. It also applies to alcohol. Well, that's good news for my beer budget. I can, uh, you know, maybe cut down on the uh, or or buy more potent beer. <laughs> uh, older adults Have reduced energy reserves with advancing age. Hearts become less efficient. Lungs transfer less oxygen to the blood. More protein is needed for much muscle synthesis and muscle mass and strength decrease. Boy, I've noticed that I have to get my adult kids to do my yard work for me and they all moved away now. So I, I think they saw it coming. The result, older people generate less energy, even as they need more energy to perform everyday tasks. Hunger and thirst decline. People's senses of taste and smell diminish, lessening food's appeal. Loss of appetite becomes more common, and seniors tend to feel full after eating less food. The risk of dehydration increases. Cognition slows. Olds <clears throat> process information more slowly and work harder to learn new information. Multitasking becomes more difficult, and reaction times grow slower. Problems finding words, especially nouns, are typical. Yeah, a few episodes ago, I forgot Amazon.com, and they sell my book. What was I thinking? Uh, Problems finding words, especially nouns, are typical. Cognitive changes related to medications and illness are more frequent. Um, Musculoskeletal system is less flexible. Spines shorten as the discs that separate the vertebrae become harder and more confused. Oh, the camera's on, but Randy disappeared. This is interesting. I'm gonna have to go back and find my my Zoom account. Did you know that uh the screen went white?
1: I did not.
0: Did you hear that I had to go back and find my Zoom account? I did. Okay. Well recorded all the audio, so that's good. But
1: yeah, we're we're good with the uh, nobody wants to see my face anyway.
0: Well, and that's fine. I you know, <laughs> if I could sell tickets to this this show, I would, but uh, <laughs> basically basically you might want to examine, uh, you know, mark this time and cut out the faulty roll and I'll go back to I, my list.
1: I have the there's a faulty roll indicator I have that I set and I ah. I review I review it before I put it all together.
0: This is why I like doing business with you. You're on the cutting edge of uh, technical, uh, whatever, developments. Uh, Let's uh, get the last two things, horrible, frightening things that happen when you get old. Eyesight and hearing change. Older adults need much more light to read than younger people. It's harder for them to see the outlines of objects or distinguish between similar colors as color and contrast perception diminish. With changes in the cornea, lenses, and fluid within the eye, it takes longer to adjust to sunlight as well as to darkness. Another item, uh, because of accumulated damage to hair cells in the inner ear, it's harder to hear, especially at high frequencies. It's also harder to understand speech. It's rapid and loaded with information or that occurs in noisy environments. Sleep becomes fragmented. It takes longer for older adults to fall asleep, and they sleep more lightly, awakening more in the night. This is, oh, and here's the scariest part. This is by no means a complete list of physiological changes that occur as we grow older. Oh, God, there could be more. And it leaves out the many can adapt to their new normal, something that this doctor spends a great deal of time discussing. Well, I'm going to hope that we don't encounter any of this stuff until we're, uh, you know, Crowding the grave. I don't want to have to spend a long time trying to compensate for the ravages of old age. And Randy still looks like a spring chicken. As far as I'm concerned, he doesn't look a day older than the year the the time I met him. Many hell, it was almost in the last millennium, wasn't it? It was certainly in the last well, decade.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So anyway, I was just going to point out. That I can I can still see a gnat at 400 yards mm-hmm. because after I had my cataract surgery, yep. man, I I went from I can't see my hand in front of my face to look at that gnat down at the end of the street.
0: Well, good for you. Now all you need someone that's going to take out that gnat because I don't want any yes. gnat babies yes. coming around.
1: Absolutely, but, but I
0: will tell you that most most of my drinking buddies uh, have uh, hearing aids. And I feel left out of the conversation because they all yank these uh, wax encrusted things out of their ears and show them <laughs> off and trade them and all that stuff. And I don't have any hearing problems. I can hear I can hear your gnats flying around your yard from, what, five miles away or wherever I live.
1: So you don't have any eyes, you know, cataract eye problems coming, up, coming down the pike?
0: No, Mary has got all the problems in the family. I have none except for the fact that my arms got too short when I was about age forty. Wow. So I got, I got the readers yeah.
1: for age forty. Your arms do shrink up. I don't. I don't know if everybody knows that. But the other thing I was going to mention is my brother-in-law. He is a, a Marine. Spent considerable points of time in Vietnam,
0: uh-huh. and
1: for some strange—well, I, I shouldn't say strange. I know why, but. He is losing hearing by the truckload and now he's the last time he went in for a uh, hearing check oh. they are now they are now recommending that the only thing to help him out is cochlear implants.
0: Oh, that's too bad. That's surgery.
1: Yeah. And I mean literally he this all happened, I don't know why, but it seems to have all happened within the last couple of years and he he certainly uh doesn't want to go deaf totally. I mean that that really cuts you out of
0: life. Well, absolutely it does. And I'm sorry that some people have that problem, but I'm skeptical that the VA is passing out and VA uh, people seeking treatment at the VA know that it's not a giveaway. It's not a handout situation, but uh, it sure is when it comes to Agent Orange. All you got to do is say, I was in the same place as Agent Orange and man, the coffers open up. And the the hearing, I've got a good friend who is uh, working with the VA. They put him in a... uh, a program to research really high end hearing aids phonak P H O N A K and if you mm-hmm. uh, if you google phonak paul then you'll see my friend uh, giving his his experience with the um, high end hearing aids that they let him use they wouldn't let him buy them they wouldn't give them to him but uh, they let him use them for a testing period And the thing is, his brother is going deaf, and his brother never served a day of his life in the service. And I know about 10 other guys are going deaf with various degrees of service or non-service history. So how can it be related to the service?
1: Well, that's what I'm wondering, because uh, my brother-in-law's family, I mean, in my family, you, you could just figure on going deaf. I mean, it just follows down through my family. Uh, but bottom line is none of it in my brother-in-law's family, everybody else can, you know, hear a dime down a drop on this s- sidewalk at the end of the street. But for some reason, uh, and, and I, I don't think it really had anything to do with Vietnam either, but, uh, he is just going deaf by the steps every week.
0: Well, that's, uh, an unfortunate set of circumstances and I'm sorry, but it's just, uh It's one of those things that I see happening to a lot of guys that didn't serve at all. So uh, I hope there's a solution for him. I remember Rush Lim was in trouble with his uh, cochlear implants. He liked them. But he did one ear only because he was waiting for medical science to advance far enough to do something better with the other ear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I kind of said the same thing to my brother in law. Let's let's only do one ear just in case it's <laughs> totally totally honked up. <laughs> I'm sure you oh, wanted Jesus. to hear that. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Well, why don't you take us on out of here?
1: Well, you know, we are done with our 75 cents. So I'm gonna need to, you know, pull up the tent and we're gonna need to land the plane. But before I do, I always like to talk about one or two or three things. And one number one on the list is if you want to reach out to Doug, you can catch him at the email address of dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, he is a nationwide licensed agent to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out on the website at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate it if you could find a place to give us a review on the books and the podcast doesn't have to be complicated. Last but not least, thank you for joining us. We always appreciate it because without you, Doug and I would not have nearly as much fun as we do. And thank you for doing that because we are always looking for you. We want you to join us. But if you haven't, Paid attention to the time on your watch. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more camped out permanently in Cave Creek, Arizona in the high ground. But right now he's camped out in the flatlands of Illinois looking for Pugsley.
0: Oh, boy, boy. I'll tell you right now, I can't wait to get back to Arizona. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I hope we see you again at our next gathering. Bye-bye.